This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Welcome to the second hour of the show. This is the Tailored Experience. Today is a Tuesday and we want to have a conversation and just get to find out what the causes of uh, the hoarding disorder are and also uh, if it can be treated. But also, are we are we correct for calling it a disorder? I don't know. We're joined on the line by clinical psychologist Ms. Viewer Dweba, uh, who's going to be taking us through this particular conversation. Good morning and thank you so much for, for, for taking the time to join us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So what does hoarding entail and is hoarding a medical condition? Um, So um, hoarding is a psychiatric condition. Um, It's one of the obsessive compulsive related disorders, though very different. But they're in the same family of disorders. And when we're talking about hoarding, we're talking about a pathological inability to discard items that we would generally view as not particularly um, valuable. So this is very different from being a collector. For example, a collector of coins, a collector of antiques, yeah. of comic books, of art, um, you know, those types of things that we can assign value to. But with hoarding, it's it's just a collection of things that aren't necessarily valuable. Just and the important part yeah. and, and what we look at with diagnostic criteria is that we're looking at it impairing your ability to function and causing distress to you or to the people around you. So especially with hoarding, often the people who are hoarding experience the symptoms as, um, we call it egosyntonic. So it feels perfectly in keeping with who they are, with their personality. So for the most part, they don't feel distressed by their hoarding. Um, But the people around them, usually it'll be the intervention of family members or friends who say, listen, this is not normal. We need to get you some help. But also there's the huge deterioration of the living and or working space so you'll find that with hoarding things will be collected to the point where you know things and areas that have a specific function no longer function in that way for example storing shoes or newspapers in the microwave sure. um storing clothes in in the living room to the point where there's no place to sit um so that is what we're looking at with hoarding so what causes you know the the hoarding disorder what leads one uh, into getting such kind of a disorder so there are no specific causes and um, what we know of hoarding disorder is that um much like with any uh, mental illness there has to be kind of that interaction of our social circumstances mm-hmm. of our psychological vulnerabilities and our biological vulnerabilities and what we have found is that hoarding disorder often co-occurs with social anxiety generalized anxiety as well as depression yeah so so earlier on you mentioned or you distinguished between uh, you know hoarding and being a collector and as we're growing up our parents always save things you know for from when we were babies into adulthood because these things have got memories but how do we then know is it possible to to go from a healthy collection such as for memories mm-hmm. and for and 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 as a collection to now developing you know hoarding or starting to collect way more than what we can store in mm-hmm. our households is it possible to, to transition 
Look, it's possible for you to move into that, but this is not something that will suddenly happen, you know, when you're in your 30s or your 40s. Mm-hmm. This is something, this is a behavior that will have built up. Usually it starts in your teens, but we, you know, it can be seen in children as early as four or five years. Um, the behavior, which is then amplified into becoming a disorder. So what we're, what we're, what we're thinking about is, again, going back to that diagnostic um, kind of lens we look through. Is it causing distress in you or the people around you? Mm. And has it, um, is it impairing your ability to function? So are you hoarding in the place of your social relationships? Is your hoarding taking up time where you could be working? Um, mm. are, is your living space or your workspace, has it become so overrun by the things that you are collecting that you can't actually function in those spaces? That's quite different from us, you know, kind of, you know, what garages look like. Mm. Half of it is for a car. The other half is for the things that we've collected over the years that we haven't gotten around to throwing away. Now think of that and multiply it by 100. Except it's not just your garage. It's your living room. It's your bedroom. It's the passage. It's the bathroom. Sure. So, so I'm very curious about the treatment when it comes to, you know, people who hoard because I've watched quite a number of reality shows that focus on hoarding mm. and you find that, you know, even after clearing up the space and uh, going through a couple of sessions, people quickly go back to their old ways and mm. families have to re-intervene. So it's almost like a cycle of addiction. You clean it up and then you, you get back into that cycle. How does the treatment then work if somebody has a condition of hoarding? So treatment is something that has to be done long term and it almost like you almost have to maintain your treatment. So it's a combination of psychotherapy as well as medication. Um, And it's important to do both of those things together. They add to each other, they empower to each other, they work together to help you. But what often happens is that because the person who, um, who does have the hoarding disorder, often doesn't experience distress themselves. It's the family that's intervening. After Mm. kind of a while, they they start to go back to those old behaviors that are comforting. Because again, the distress is not theirs. The distress is usually that of the family and the friends. And they kind of slip back into old patterns. They don't maintain their treatment because again, those egocentric symptoms, it feels like a part of themselves. It doesn't feel foreign. Whereas, for example, with an OCD, I will have an awareness of the fact that this is not okay. I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't feel like myself. Yeah. Sure. I think the, the key from what you just said, there's just maintaining the treatment and keeping at it just like we kept at it yes. uh, if you're hoarding. Yes. Maintaining treatment is important so staying on your medication staying in your psychotherapy even when you don't feel like doing it because of course it's you know mental illness can be a lifelong Mm. disorder and especially for disorders like hoarding prognosis can be quite poor if you firstly don't have adequate social support and you don't have access to treatment absolutely viewer thank you so much for your time i absolutely appreciate it and for those who'd like to make contact with you as a clinical psychologist how do we do that so I have a page on Instagram, viewerdweba underscore psychology. Um, you can also email me on dwebavp, a D-W-E-B-A-V-P at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for your time. We absolutely appreciate it. It's, 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 it's quite a tricky situation. And I think one of the things uh, that get me a bit worried about, you know, this, this condition is that the person who's actually hoarding, 
does not see a problem in it. It's actually everybody around them who gets distressed over this hoarding condition. And perhaps you might not be at that hoarding stage yet, but maybe you are. Um, I think now that I, I've heard this conversation, I, I think one of my grandparents were... <laughs> was a hoarder because we had everything from everybody since everybody was young in the house. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.